This episode of Atlanta United FC Weekly is brought to you by Roughneck Scarves. The number one name in scarves, the official scarf provider of MLS, NCAA, U.S. Soccer, USL, all your scarves, and Home Before Dark, and Home Before Dark. Um, we love Roughneck, Roughneck Scarves over the past year. Uh, we've had a great partnership with them putting together. They donated scarves to our Soccer in the Street campaign. They do fundraising. They do wholesale scarves. If you guys want to get your custom scarves like we're getting done, those go into production soon. There are a few left, so if you're listening to this, Home Before Dark still has seven, somewhere around there, five? Six, yeah. seven scarves. Only for a couple more hours, though. And then yeah. it goes into production. We're really excited about it. You can order your custom scarves, whatever design. They have technicians that will help you work through the design, the graphics, integration with all the different styles that they have. I think they have seven or eight different styles and techniques that they can do for the scarves, all really high quality. And like Tim said, they are the official provider for all of those different soccer outlets in the U.S. If you're an Atlanta United fan and you're wondering, what does a Roughneck Scarf feel like? Go to roughneckscarves.com. Go take a look. You'll probably see a scarf that you own. Look at it. Feel it. All those Atlanta United scarves, Roughneck Scarves. They're just they, awesome company. Quality. Quality. That's, I think that's the, uh, the appropriate word. Agreed. Something we can't say about our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, on to the show. <laughs> It is April 15th, 2019. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a Home Before Dark podcast. You want to do it like, a, like the old milk jugs in the van? You going to do the little <laughs> scratchy washboard thing? Hold on. Let me, uh, let me get something to uh, rub my abs with. Rub, well, I'm, oh, oh rub my, humble brag. <laughs> yeah, can't right. remember the last time I saw mine. Yeah, me either. <laughs> Me either. I am Tim Herbin, as always, and joined by my lovely co-host, Mr. Kevin Bradley, across the way from me. You might not be able to recognize... Uh, oh, they can recognize me. It's yeah. not that different, Might not really. be able to tell us apart uh, at the moment. Um, Why? Because of the shirts? Oh, the shirts. Well, hold on. I was going to say, you kept the hat on. Are you trying to hide from it? Hat on. Hair off. Skinhead. Bald head. Whoa, scallywag. Boy. And got no hair in back. <laughs> What is it? Dressed up, weave up. Yeah, your hair is messed up. Thank you for joining us on this lovely Monday evening. As you guys do so very often, we are blessed to have you. Hashtag blessed to have you. Yeah, sorry about the delay. It's been it's been quite a struggle for us. Yeah, tonight. it's weird. Yeah, ran a it's uh, ran, running a little late. It's all right. Dan's not here. We'll still blame it on him. Yeah, it's just the two of us tonight. So you guys better buckle in. It's gonna be a fun. I do not like Long these ride. lights. I look even pastier than I already am. With I feel like I should no adjust the... This is gross. What do you think is in the closet there? This is gross. R. Kelly probably. R. Kelly. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> um, yeah, Joe. I guess Joe Johnstone is, is the, the only, only person, person in the trap could, right now. could bear the weight, basically. Yeah. That's a good reminder, though. If you're 
if you're subscribed, hit that bell icon or something. Maybe YouTube changed it up like they did for us with the UI on how to get live stream up and running. So <sighs> that's always a possibility. This is miserable. It's like if we don't start at 8 o'clock, it looks like nobody joins in the trap. Sounds about right. Yeah. Well. So what do you want to talk about, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> is it summer, is summer haircuts going on? Yeah, it's true. Or just summer fallout. We you sign my yearbook, Joe? Yeah. We signed my yearbook. You get a, we, home you before get a, dark yearbook. Home before dark yearbook. Everybody submit a headshot. We'll just put it. Oh, that would be a pretty great idea. Like after the scarfs go through, um, we need to do a home before dark yearbook. Maybe we'll do that like year five or year four, the H before D. We'll do year four. We'll do the yearbook. Okay. Everybody submits a headshot and their name and we'll do and we'll, at a meet and greet. We'll have a big yearbook signing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that see, have seen your quotes and everything okay yeah let's do it and we'll do like superlatives and and all that stuff um joe johnstone saying when's the when's the hangout he's out he said uh, he left us a voicemail yeah we got it we got a we got a handful of voicemails that yeah, we yeah. have uh to to play for you guys towards the end of the show um if you're listening to us on itunes which pot, it seems like apple, the apple majority podcast, of people will yeah. be because <laughs> this is just i don't know what to do this is terrible. Are you sure you didn't just post a link up just for one person? This is just an exclusive show for Joe. <laughs> exactly. There um, we go. We if, got a couple people Yeah. Uh, if you guys are listening to us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and or a review. We will read it live on the show. We got two? Yeah. In the past week, we, we got did. two. I can go ahead and pull that up. Um, yeah. So leave a review or rating on iTunes. We got, I think like four ratings and yeah, two reviews. So, uh, did you get yours? Did you get pull up on your end? Yeah. 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 You want to read the first one? I'll read the second one. Yeah. It says, uh, wow. They are fantastic. Five stars from TB shortstop 22. It says great show for the common fan of the greatest football team in the Western hemisphere. Nowhere else will you learn that Tata is a Red Bull and Frank is a protein shake. Let's go five stripes. I appreciate it. Those are deep cuts. It means you have to you have to go to the end of the episode to catch yeah. what we're talking yeah. about what he's yeah. talking about there. If you guys missed it, Dan just teed it up for an amazing conversation at the end of last week's episode with the comparisons of Frank DeBoer and uh and Tata Martino. Yeah, for all of our diabetic listeners, I think you'd really enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Insulin pumps abound. Exactly. Next one. So good. Five stars by Bama Football 121177. Love this podcast. Very knowledgeable. Even when Dan shows up, my weekly listen at work to lull the time pass. I'm assuming that means to let the time pass, but yeah. Let the, Maybe they're a lawyer. I, I pushed it Who too knows? far. I pushed it too far to me now. This Good. Is I like no, that better. No, no, I don't like yeah, this at all. Yeah, just let it zoom in on your head. I don't like this at all. Brian says the video quality looks better tonight. Just to piggyback off of Dan's app, since we don't have to do this on Google Hangouts tonight, so the video quality gets to be better. Unfortunately for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go shirtless. This is awful. Is this the first hatless podcast? I feel it looks better. My head, it looks weird being shaved, but it looks better without the headphones on it. How do I do Put this? Put the headphones back on, Kevin. Can I just do it like this? yeah just like diplo <laughs> just like diplo guys in the chat in the trap how are you feeling tonight after saturday's win against new england going up to foxborough going to that terrible gillette stadium not hitting any fans with any errant balls yeah that was pretty and terrible. uh and coming away with a win frank DeBoer's first win in mls play yeah as that's weird United. to say yeah it's weird to say five games into the season 
Could jumps up four spots with one win, which is crazy. Just goes to show how much. Not f- not five spots. Jumped up what three spots? I think. What are we in ninth right now? Yes. Yeah. So three spots with one win and two games in hand still. So things are looking up. Uh, positive trajectory to say the least. We got some makeup games. Or uh, we. It's it's gonna be fun, man. It's um. There's a whole lot to discuss with regards to Saturday's game and even more uh, coming up talking about the FC Dallas game, which if you guys are watching live right now, we don't typically do that. Uh, you know, it's kind of hit or miss whenever we do the offside trap uh, live on YouTube or on Google Hangouts. We will be doing it live tonight with, with, the 19th minute. with the 19th minute FC Dallas podcast to preview the the game coming up this weekend. Um, just a second, pull up the standings just to see where we stand, where uh, where everybody else is. All right, so DC still in first, Columbus, Montreal, which is weird that Montreal's in third. It gives you kind of a <laughs> kind of an idea of how yeah. this league is yeah. going right now, especially this conference. Toronto with two games in hand is in fourth. Philly is in fifth. Orlando in sixth. FC Cincinnati in seventh. Um, and then Chicago, New York. We're in tenth. Sorry, New York Red Bulls. Uh, New York City FC behind us, and uh, in New England. So Atlanta's got two games in hand on six out of the seven playoff teams, and uh, we're only three game or three points behind FC Cincinnati and Orlando, and only five points behind uh, Philly. So we're sitting pretty right now. Uh, we do have some makeup to go. Um, I don't know when the midweek games start, I guess, against Toronto. And then uh, against Vancouver, we have a midweek game, too, after the uh, after the first Orlando game. So, um, Oh, wait, we got another update. What's I completely that? forgot. You got to pull up the scarf. Oh, I can't share the screen. Oh, because you... Yeah, we're not, we're not doing a hangout. Yeah. But- Oh, boy. This is just the worst. This is the worst timeline. This is awful. Let's just start over. Yep. Let's just start over. Bye, guys. (laughs) That said, the scarf uh, pre-sales are over. Um, To Brian's point, we will just tweet it out. Um, Yeah. I guess I can do that right now, right? Yeah, you have it on your phone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Kevin will tweet it out or... uh, well, there's still a couple of voids left, which I was going to talk about. We got a couple of blank spots. So if you got any text that you didn't get in your submissions for pre-sale, sound off in the trap. Again, one of the perks to listening and showing out live is to help us out in times of need. And we got a couple of little empty spots for text blocks that we need to fill up the Kevin text Kevin didn't on the gauge scarf. the space well enough whenever he was designing this. So Oh, I gauged it just <laughs> fine. Maybe if they all sold. Whoa. <laughs> I'm blaming it on Joe Johnstone. He's like, oh, you guys thought you were going to have trouble selling them whenever we had 10 left, and then three of those 10 sold, and the other ones just laid stagnant. Yeah, but we so can't, you guys still we want- can't hold up the other 43 people, so we're yeah. going to just go ahead and fill it in with our own text. Yeah. Unless you guys who are listening right now go to bit.ly forward slash HB4D scarf in the next yeah. couple hours and order one. We'll, yeah. we'll get it ready. It's we'll going get it out down tomorrow. into production. It's going into production tomorrow morning. We do yeah. have a couple spots open. Yeah. And we got to get that out so that we can make sure that they can get them turned around and we can get them shipped out to everybody. And for those of you that did go ahead and get your pre-orders in, we appreciate it. It's looking pretty awesome. I'm really excited about it. So, um, game, win, yes, lineup, should we start with lineup? Yeah, we should start with lineup. It was kind of a mixed bag, mixed bag compared like, whenever we compared our uh, our projected lineups last week. 
you had Gressel, Dan, I think both both of you guys had Gressel in there over Tito, but much to our surprise, and I had Tito starting, much to our surprise, both of them did. Yeah. You want to look at that. Uh, so we had a back four of Breckshay, Michael Parkhurst, um, Miles Robinson, LGP, and then you had a midfield of Rometty and Lorenowitz right in front of that back four. Nagby kind of playing a pushback or, or like a pushed up number eight. Yeah. Just uh, ready to unleash him in his playmaking role. And then you had on the left, you had an inverted Tito Vialba up front. You had Joseph. And on the right, you had Gressel. Julian Gressel. Yeah. So the biggest, I mean, I think the biggest, the two biggest things maybe for me are one of which, which Nathan Lines mentions, did anyone ask why Barco didn't start? So no Barco in the starting lineup. And then obviously Breckshay over at left back. That's been the biggest sort of turnover position yeah. so far. And I don't know that it's anybody's position to win or lose right now. It doesn't seem to be any clear cut favorite by Frank DeBoer between the injuries and circumstances that have happened over the first seven weeks of the season. He's just rotated in some combination of Mikey Ambrose, uh, George Bellow or Breck Shea right now. It seems to be Breck Shea's position um, for the time being until one of the other two step up or get healthy, but it just seems to be the biggest rotational challenge for Atlanta United right now. Yeah. And I think Breck Shea might be a good place to start with this lineup. I mean, you could, we could talk about Tito and I, I think we will for a little bit. Um, but first, that's the best that we should and could hope to see from Breck Shea, in my opinion. I think that he played pretty well positionally after he kind of calmed down at the beginning. Yeah. He was able to recover really well. He was very calm on the ball, which I thought was interesting. I feel like sometimes he has a he's a little erratic on the ball and a little unpredictable, but he was very calm. And I feel like there's kind of a presence that Miles Robinson and Michael Parkhurst are bringing to that back line. Yeah. Where the two of them, they just exude confidence on a one-on-one and they're able to turn play the ball out of the backfield as opposed to clearing it up every time mm-hmm. and and breck shea i just felt as the game progressed he got better and better um again not i said it's the best best we should expect from him i don't think it's what we should expect from him every game historically no. what we've seen from him but if we can get closer to this well i will and say not, not such a drop off in his next his next start. I will say that overall, the team had more balance in their position and attack this game than we've seen in weeks past. It was back to an even distribution of 30-30-30 across left, middle, and right uh, as far as our possession and attacking went, which was pretty evident in the opportunities that were created and where the goals were scored, both of which were both either the first one was set up on the left side and the second one scored from the left side, which we've been talking so much about how much Atlanta United has been leaning to the right side. Yeah. Lo and behold, you get two goals that either develop or get scored from that left side. Which and surely that can't be my mistake. I mean, there has to be something that Frank DeBoer realizes that teams are game planning for, right? They're going to be game planning for us to, to hammer down that right side. And even with the presence of somebody like Tito Vialba in the lineup or with Julian Gressel, you'd think that either one of those would be attacking that right side. But the fact that Tito was up there and just um, just bringing that pace throughout the game on that left side, it really opened things up. I mean, how wide open was that field the entire game? Yeah, for the most part, it really was. Um, 
this, especially with the midfield and central mid, I feel like there was a lot of open space there that could be exploited. Um, so what do you think really took place this weekend? It's funny because you, originally you said that you thought that we were hitting the apogee and Frank DeBoer system. And I, and I'm willing to maybe argue against that fact. No, and it's, it, it's fair. Um, I think that uh, it's weird. We talk about that combination or the, the disassociation of a play style, a system and a formation, how those three things are not necessarily mutually exclusive. Um, or maybe I'm not using that right. I'm saying, uh, but what I'm saying is, like, those things, you don't, they don't necessarily need to all be in sync or in lockstep. Right. Um, one doesn't necessarily dictate the other. And I could see an argument for both sides. I think the mentality was still more along playing safer balls in that backfield. Um, I think the playmaking was opened up by that. I think there was. It's it's so I don't know man it's weird because watching that game I felt like we had the ball a lot more than we did but we didn't even win the possession battle did we did not but but if they never brought that stat up what would your mindset have been I we, I felt like we were dominating possession whenever they pulled but whenever they pulled that stat up I think that we were dominating possession in the counter and it looked like Atlanta United of last year last this past weekend's game was not the approach to the tactics that Frank DeBoer had employed the previous eight games he had played so far this season, in my opinion. I think there were moments of it, but overall, the opportunities that were created were not based on possession and passing and then somebody else creating an opportunity as a result of really tight passes and um, risk-adverse offensive strategies. It was through quick countering based on turnovers in the midfield almost every one of them with long tracking through balls to joseph martinez or julian gressel what i will say is the thing that maybe frank DeBoer's system employs is that martinez is not the only person making opportunity and and taking shots and that was evidenced in this game where we saw Actually, Martinez had the same amount of shots as Julian Gressel did. They both had five shots. And then following up with that was Barco with two, and uh, somebody else had two as well. But I think we had something like 19 shots total. Um, but overall, I think this was more of a hybrid that we've been looking to see Frank DeBoer, Frank DeBoer employ, where we see players attacking and playing quick counters, high tempo offense in the style that they did last year while also playing really strategic possession based football. So I don't think it was necessarily all Frank DeBoer system. No. And I don't think it was a complete departure from it either. I think it really was that hybrid that we've all been kind of hoping and waiting for. And I think the other side of maybe what Frank's system is, is maybe pulling Martinez a little bit more uh, back onto the field to hold up play to open up some of these other lanes, which definitely happened. Like one of Gressel's opportunities actually happens from a distribution from Joseph Martinez, who had played further up the field to come up and receive a ball from Nagby. I think it was in the midfield. So yeah. I think there are 
elements of Frank's system coming into play, but it seems to be one of the first games that I think that it's transitioned into this hybrid approach of what Tata employed last year almost exclusively and what Frank DeBoer has been trying to do so far. Um, I think that's fair. And to Brian's point, are we seeing a pragmatic turn from Frank DeBoer? I don't know that it is a pragmatic turn as much as it is an, a, a willingness to let the players play without feeling like he has to have an iron grip on what they're doing. Because we have skilled players that have found success through playing with each other that he's allowing them to play maybe some of the things that they're comfortable doing without sort of restraining them in some way. Yeah. That Maybe that's it. But is that not pragmatic in, in some way, knowing knowing what to, to take a practical approach and look at what the players were allowed to do last year and the success that they had and, yeah. and being able to uh, I guess, unleash yeah. them in a way? It's just not a departure as much as I would say. Is, yeah, the, yeah, you're right. Um, and one of the biggest standouts to me, and, and I'll say it over and over again, I disagree with you and, and Dan wholeheartedly pretty much every time this gets brought up about Tito being better as a super sub. I feel like he gets better as the game goes on. I think he's definitely the past couple of weeks proved that to me. I mean, he's he was incredible this weekend. Who can you I can't think of many players in this league who can tear up the field with the pace that he has for 90 minutes. Yeah. It's it's something to behold. It's um well, the thing for me was I think Tito shined more after Barco came in. More so than he he was prior. I mean, it was pretty early on. Marco like comes in minute, in like the eighteenth yeah. minute. I mean, it's it's a, it's like kind of hard to gauge that. But what that allowed Barco to do was to drift more. He wasn't isolated on the left wing like he has been in weeks past. Just a small much, sample much, size, much like who last year exactly. Yes. And what we expected him to be doing more of this year, where he's doing more of the tracking around while Pity is possessing. And I think that's kind of what we saw this weekend where it was more Nagby possessing and Barco drifting, but it allowed Tito to play that left side and hold that left line on the wing position so that Barco could move around and then the ball gets distributed from that left side pretty consistently because Barco is going to be a player that naturally wants to drift. We've seen that time and time again. And I think that's where some of the disconnect came last year with Barco on the left wing was that he had wing backs that maybe were sort of falling short because they had a lack of support because Barco's talented. Don't get me wrong, but he's, he's talented because he's capable of drifting so much and you want to find a way to embrace that. And um, I think that that really showed through this past weekend. Yeah. I hope we see more of that. I mean, the, to your point, I mean, he is best. He's he's one of the best on this team, if not the best, probably in finding space and, and getting the ball into that space. And it's just a matter of his, his maturation to, as you tweeted out, start taking shots. And that's what we've been clamoring for, right? Like everything that we've talked about, and, and we can talk about whether or not Barco drifts too much or, you know, if he if he's too, too quick to try to take uh, a fall or something like that. All that stuff is pretty minor, in my opinion, and, and somewhat situational. But the consistent thing with Barco that has been a frustration or a talking point for me, and I think for all of us here, has been his 
unwillingness to take a shot whenever he has the ball at the top of the 18 or in space. It, it It's not going to go in 100% of the time, but you got to at least take shots to get the defense second guessing what you're going to do whenever you do possess the ball rather than running head first into two and three defenders at a time and then just drawing the free kick and then it's just sort of a coin flip on whether or not anything happens. We saw him really take the reins and produce multiple shots one of which was a fantastic goal. Yeah. The likes of which I think is one of the, I mean, easily a top 10 goal for Atlanta United in the first three years right now. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, I I don't, I don't know off the top of my head if it's top five or not, but easily top 10. I mean, amazing, amazing goal. Um, And what about the second goal? <laughs> Did um no, it's a worldie. He's he scored an absolute amazing goal. Um and it's just a testament. I think I wouldn't say it's a testament to Frank DeBoer, but there has to be some sort of level of confidence that's been placed uh on him at this point to just say, let it rip, let it, you know, just let it all hang out whenever you're out there. And I think that was kind of the message that was sent to the the front four, as it were. Whenever you're looking at the chances that Tito and Gressel and Joseph and, and, and Barco took and in the space and playmaking that they took and just some of the chances that they took was it was refreshing to see them attacking so well and creating so many chances. Granted, we have to take this with a grain of salt because New England's not necessarily the best team right. in the East. Right. They're one of the bottom probably four teams in the East. Right. I don't know whenever things shake out if it's going to stay that way, but... um it's a, it was a good test and you know people keep talking about the barco and barco not getting man of the match but he got mls player of the week that's just the heineken thing right um i'm pretty sure it's because he's under 21 he can't be man of the match because it's sponsored by heineken. no it, oh okay yeah atlanta united even they're like twitter that's happened before pitch. yeah that, that 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 has definitely happened before and i'm pretty sure it's because he's under 21 okay okay Another guy who is is Miles Robinson has he hit tw- is how old is he now? <sighs> playing like a grown ass man is what yeah, he's playing like. Yeah, no kidding. Uh go into the trap a little bit while you're looking that up. Um Let's see here. Brittany, Brittany S already uh, <laughs> got it to me. Uh, Twenty two years old, Miles Robinson. Uh, on the topic, like a grizzled vet. On, on the topic of whether or not uh Barco's curler was a top ten goal, Tito has like three of the top five. Well put. Yeah, uh, that's def- true. Definitely does. Um, Pierce Hicks never understood why some fans quit on Barco. Young players take time to develop. He's going to get even better. Patience, fam. Totally agree. I think a lot of the frustrations with Barco were because people expected way too much. And I think that he suffered as a result of that as well. Both the fans having unrealistic expectations and then him putting a lot of that on his own shoulders. And then uh, the whole scandal. Uh, we're, I mean, the, we're not going to talk about the it field. much, but yeah, yeah. that, that I think stuff this definitely just, fed into what happened it, last year. I was very critical of him the last year. I didn't give up on him necessarily. I just felt like he was trending in the wrong direction. And he had a couple things that like we see now that, he could have um he could have really done with his game to to elevate it. And I think that he's he's gotta be starting at this point. Yeah. He's far more valuable to this team than Petey w- uh is and will be, I think, throughout the rest of the year. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean it's it's his position or his position to lose at this point, right? I mean, that's what we talked about. And I think now we're in this position almost like we were last year where we've got to start playing this game of who's in for who and when and all of that. So 
if we start talking about Barco being in a starting position and knowing that he wasn't this past weekend, who do you sit to put him in, Jeff? Yeah, I think you I do. think so too. I think that with a playmaker like um like Barco right behind in the hole behind yeah. those three, you can afford to bring Nagby back. Especially tough. because of how much he's been tracking back. Yeah. To help again in true Miggy fashion, I, he plays a lot of defense for that sort of forward looking midfielder. Do we have any sort of update on Remedi? Because that, I don't. We saw what happened with the yeah, concussions. Yeah. The concussions, right? With with Franco Escobar last year, he could Remedi could lose a. Or you know, he could he miss could. a couple games. He and could we miss don't this know, weekend. Have we heard any update on Pity? Is he cleared to play? Because he didn't sub in, did he? Yeah, he did. Oh, did he? How did I miss that? Well, it was pretty pretty forgettable <laughs> i don't Good know point. if you were setting that up no i did not i did not set that up um did he come in really late or something yeah kendrick's like kendrick said he came in the 85th okay. minute okay yeah i must have just looked away and then it was over so I, I just completely missed that um joe, joe johnstone saying pd's good just not match ready after the wedding um, or Brian saying it was the long flight from Argentina, right? Brittany S is saying that, uh, I guess DeBoer said that pity isn't a hundred percent yet after the hamstring pull. So I, I think that we may see him eased back in a little bit more and maybe pity is a player that just takes a little bit more time to get clicking. And if Eric Rometty and, uh, yeah, if Rometty and Jeff are sitting, that makes a really forward pressing Atlanta United, which I don't know that I agree with. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting, uh, I'm drawing the ire of of a couple people, including uh, Mourinho is available, saying, "Whoa, Petey had two dangerous plays in the short time he had." Okay, I want to see consistency. <laughs> I know he's been in and out of the lineup. He's been hurt. He's been healthy. He's been. It's just I'm I'm still anxious to see where he's going to fit into this lineup, and I think he's going to get a. It's going to have a. He's going to have a tough road, an uphill climb to get into the starting 11, the way that that attacking front four is looking right now. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Matthew Cody saying, sorry I'm late. Kevin looking good in GQ with that new hair cute. False. No. False. It's true. False. Show him that razor one. I think it's already grown back. Yeah. Wait, my, hair, my hair doesn't grow when I want it to. Then I shave and it's like, oh, we're ready to grow now, fam. No, I get it. I get it. Mourinho is available. Saying consistency is hard in eight minutes. I, I get that. It's it's not this, but it's um, what we've seen from him on the field in the, in the long stretches of play. I'm sure. I'm just. I'm being over. Um, I am. I, I'm just being dramatic. So, uh, speaking of dramatic, I think that it's a good point that Brian brings up, which is, so now that we have a win, we're all cool with Frank now, right? Yeah. I mean, it just completely went away, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and we said this before we got that win that just as much as those losses or Atlanta United standing going into that new England game didn't have any bearing on what this season could be and that it was still too early to call this one win doesn't win us the season. I mean, yes, it looked great. Atlanta seemed to win in convincing fashion, but there's still another 28 games left in the regular season that yeah. we've got to get through. And I need to see more of that on a more consistent basis. Um, so 
I think the jury's still out on Frank DeBoer. I, I still stand by the fact that regardless of what happens this season, I think we're a four to seven place team. I think Frank DeBoer is here for at least two years as a, at a minimum. And I think that over, overall the talent will prevail if we can manage to keep finding a way to employ this hybrid system, which I do think was done successfully this past weekend against New England. I agree. And Joe Johnstone brings up a great point. He says, is the concrete 11, the concrete starting 11 dead? I guess the idea of a concrete starting 11. What was that? Is is the idea of a concrete starting 11 dead? To where we have a game in, game out 11 that we absolutely want and need to start. No, and I and I think that that's a really interesting dynamic that nobody really employs in the MLS, right? Well, I mean, you see it occasionally, but... I well, mean, not yeah. even so much the, the starting 11, but we don't typically see, at least not even in MLS, but in in leagues and, and in play internationally, you don't see many teams that are structured with that amount of depth that they can potentially make some really early subs on a consistent basis. Yeah, I'd like to see Frank do that. If you've got that amount of depth, don't squander it on the bench. Another fifteen minutes up. Just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't want to see people coming in for five minutes. You know, um, no, for sure. Making I... those subs in the sixtieth minute or the fiftieth minute. You know, um, that completely that forces the opposition to second guess what your tactics are going to be based on the staffing that you employ. That's a really interesting dynamic that nobody else has been able to do consistently. Yeah, and I think to that point with the depth, it, it was interesting. I was watching uh, the Liverpool-Chelsea game, and they made a point with Willian playing that it was his first time, I think, all season making three starts in a row for Chelsea. And he's a great player, and it just makes you think sometimes players got to be okay. They have to be okay with not starting. Yeah. And whenever you get to this level, you have a team of this of this magnitude, especially guys who have played themselves into like a, a TAM slash designated player range like Julian Gressel. To Brittany's point, you don't you don't bench Julian Gressel. He's one of the few um he's one of the, the, the few concrete players, him and him and Joseph. Um Yeah, it's just tough. I mean, there are only a few guys that I really see on this lineup that I can't do without on a weekly basis starting the game. Do you think Miles Robinson has carved his way into that right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's our best defender. It's crazy to me, man. It, yeah. It's so fun to watch, too. Yeah. Because he had, I think he had like one or two, maybe maybe one or two missteps early in the game, yeah. I think on Saturday. But aside from that, he was he was incredible. He's, the one-on-one -on -one defending that he does throughout the game is fantastic. It's just going to be, there's so many of these moments or, or player to player substitutions that I don't know what we end up doing whenever everybody is healthy. And to Carl Seggy's point, it's a great problem to have, but you got to think about the fact that we've also got Franco Escobar in waiting right now. Um, you got George Bello that's still TBD at the left back position that you want to see grow and develop into that role. Um, we met, we mentioned pity and him coming back in on a regular basis. You get the Tito Gressel. I mean, there, there's no lack of depth whatsoever in this lineup. And it's just a matter of staying healthy. That way you can make those choices, I guess, and those tough decisions. Yeah. I feel so much better right now. 
about the outlook on the season as a whole? Yeah. I think so. So where do you think right now? I mean, obviously, <laughs> I can't say it enough, man. Don't don't go down the rabbit hole of like, oh, we won. Everything's great. I agree with you. I think I do feel a little bit better that it's like, okay. No, it's like it's you can it's breathe a, a little bit because point, it's not. To your, yeah, to your point, it's a proof of concept. You know, he stood up and managed too. I'm not, that might have been the difference. Maker. He's been doing that for pretty much the entire <laughs> season. He heard you that first time. He's like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, he definitely sat down a couple more after that. He was sitting down in the rain. I saw him. Oh, my <laughs> God. That's all I'm watching for now. <laughs> Just motherfucker. Stand up. <laughs> Stand and deliver. <laughs> um, what other takeaways do you have from this game? I mean, he... Um, I, I thought that he did a great job managing. I mean, when, I when, when you take a look at... Even the substitution of Barco, in hindsight, it seems like it was a no-brainer because of the way he played. How often would you have seen somebody like... Uh, would you have seen Tata Martino try and do a like-for-like like substitution? What do you mean? Put in a midfielder. Put oh, in yeah, a, yeah. a true... Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. I don't think that... Where's Kevin Kratz been? I don't know. I think I saw him playing with the twos a couple of weeks ago on 90s night. I think he played on the twos. I was going to say, who was even... It's been uh, a minute, though, since he's been on the field. Yeah. I guess... Uh, I don't I guess... I don't know. I guess we didn't necessarily... Uh... Kendrick thinks he's injured, he says. Yeah. I guess we didn't necessarily have a like-for-like like substitution, so maybe so, it was a substitution of necessity. In uh, that Joe way. Johnston mentions Asiadu, but I think that he is officially just signed to the twos, right? He doesn't have a contract with Atlanta United. I don't know. Dion, Dion Pereira, who has been playing with the twos, was on the uh, was on the bench this weekend. So, yeah, I f- I feel I feel like I remember something about Asiadu not having an Atlanta United contract because of international slots or something. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I could definitely be way off on that. Isn't it kind of ridiculous not to get too far off uh, off subject, but isn't it ridiculous that if you draft a guy from the American college system, still takes up a international, they take up an international spot. Yeah. It's pretty ridiculous. Am I boring you, Kevin? (sighs) Am I boring you? You're frank to boring me. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just exhausted, man. I'm just always going. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kratz is out with a calf injury. Okay, that makes sense. Um. So, yeah. Any changes on your expectations for this team the rest of the season? Where do you think that they fall right now for you still? In, in general for the rest of the season what were playoffs i'm assuming yeah i i don't I what don't, standing play, going playoffs, into the playoffs? playoffs are really never in doubt for me i don't think we hit the top three I, I think we talked about that last week i think the top three are kind of locked between columbus um dc and then DC Toronto. stumbled a little bit this past weekend they still got the win though didn't they mm, on saturday i thought they took the i thought they took the loss this past weekend i could definitely be wrong though no, DC beat Colorado 3-2. Gotcha. Um, yeah, if we just want to go through the scores real quick. Seattle yeah. beat... So Toronto lost. Seattle's looking really dangerous. Uh, to somebody's point in the trap, I'm trying to remember who it was, um, saying that the West is ridiculous right now. Richard Gordon, OG Richard Gordon, uh, which is true. I mean, the, the West is 
freaking ridiculous. It's yeah. uh, LAFC, uh, Seattle, LA Galaxy. I love Zlatan, but man, I hate when LA Galaxy are doing well and they're um, they have a game in hand and they're uh, they're only four points from first. Um, and then uh, Houston FC Dallas in in fourth and fifth and uh, coming up against FC Dallas. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's see. Kevin Gorham talking about positivity said that's what people said about Seattle when they were in last and they ended up in uh, in second place. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Speaking of Kevin Gorham, we got some voicemails. We do have voicemails. One of which from him. Want to pull these up real quick here? You want um, you want the do you want the augs cord? You want me to pass you the augs? No, nah, I'll just do the same thing. I always do here. Nope, I did it wrong. He did it wrong, guys. Did it he wrong. did it wrong. If you guys do want to call, leave us a voicemail. Our voicemail line is always open. We always want to play um, play your thoughts uh, towards the end of the episode every week. 678-827-3297. Leave us a quick voicemail on there. We'll play it out on the show. Hey, fellas. What's up, fellow transfers? Uh, long-time listener, second-time caller. Uh, I got three things wanted to talk about. Uh, number one, how sexy is this inverted Tito on our left-hand side? Mm. Uh, Might have been my favorite part of the formation we saw this weekend. Uh, on number two, what do you guys think is the actual problem building up on the left side of this team? You know, building up an attack. Do you guys think it's the play out of the back? Do you think it's Rex? You know, uh, not knowing the tendencies of the other players? Or do you think it's actually more the connection between the midfield and the front? And third, this Miles Robinson guy might might actually be good at soccer. All right, anyways, I'll hang up and listen. Uh, more damn stripes. <laughs> more damn stripes. <laughs> no, more down stripes. That's what the translation is. Oh, yeah, translation. More down stripes. More down stripes. Um, so... Yeah, it uh we saw more chance creation on the left side we this weekend. We definitely did. We did to your point. And an even distribution across all three uh areas of the field, left, middle and right. So, uh I think that, that it'll just come with time as we start to build up some consistency on the left back position. I think that's been the left side has had the biggest rotation in personnel between Barco or an inverted Tito or pity or whoever's on that left side left back has been same exact deal with uh george bellow or breck or mikey ambrose or whatever it is so i think as we start to build up some consistency in the players i think the consistency in the run of play will follow suit yeah breck needs to go uh find some he needs to go melt down um i'm not i'm not gonna go there we need we need more glue and i think like you say uh I think time and, and playing together, building yeah. up that chemistry and, and having that. I think even just having a consistent left back more than anything, more than just anything else ahead of it or ahead of him is uh, the most important thing in, in creating those chances on the left and getting that consistency, building that chemistry. Um, and to his point, man, that, that inverted Tito is sexy as hell. It's pretty great. Because he can cut in. They have to be cognizant of his ability to cut in on the on the left side of the box to to rip a shot in. And then he he can exploit exactly. it like he did exactly. in that first goal. And he exactly. can just take it to the touchline and go uh pass it down a little uh 
little Gressel special floor yeah. cross. It's pretty great. Yeah. We actually had a really it I'm really flattered. It's the first time we've ever had a manager call us. Oh no. I'm really excited. Yeah. He's heard us talking. Um another break to board himself, guys. This is Frenzy Boo. I am very happy uh, uh, to get the win. Um, anytime Dan wants to come to the pitch, I'll let him come to the pitch. And I love that little whistle, that little tutu whistle. Uh, anyway, very excited. We have come over the hill. We win everything now. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who did that. <laughs> that little choo-choo. <laughs> I have no clue who that was. Dan can come to the pitch. I'm assuming it's that Frank DeBoring account on Twitter. Yeah, I hope so. That's pretty great. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. And last but certainly... <laughs> Brian said so didn't have enough uhs. <laughs> hey, man, English is his second language. Lay off Frank DeBoer. Um, and last but not least. Good evening, gentlemen. Real quick, had a few questions for you. Coming off the high that was the week... Uh, the win last week. What do you think our total points, uh, our cumulative points will be? You know my take. It's going to be 90 points or bust. Um, on top of that, how many wins, losses, and draws do you think we'll end up with this season? Hope all is well. Hope to tune in soon. Bye. I like Kevin Gorm's point. Why do we all sound the same on this phone? <laughs> Brittany S, yes, call call the phone line. Make sure this isn't broken. <laughs> uh, she calls it sounds the exact same. <laughs> oh, we did actually have an addendum on. Uh, oh, to Joe's point on Joe's call here. Let's see. Oh God. Yeah. Ca- yeah. Come on. So addendum to my previous message. Ninety-two points are bust. See you in a bit. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what did we lock in at the beginning of the season? Who knows? Right? I, I think we end up with 60. 50. 55. 55? <laughs> you, you know what it was. Um, I'll say realistically 57. I say we break 60. I think we'll break 60. Yeah. Wins, I don't know. I don't know these things, man. What do we got? 27 games left? Let's say we'll win 18. 27 games left? Yeah. We play 34. Huh? We play 34 games. We've played six, right? We've played five. No, we've played six. We've played five games. We're one, two, and two. 29 games left. Say we win 19. How many do you think? I, it's, it's hard to put a number on it. Fucking say a number then. And I'll go one more. 20. Okay. Good enough. 29 says Joe. <laughs> so we win 20 out of the next 29 games. That's going to be fucking tough. Yeah. No. I don't know that that happens. Where, but... where do we end up in the standings? Uh, I think I, I still stand by that four, four to seventh place. Uh, and I'm thinking it's probably somewhere in that fifth or sixth range. I don't think we're at the bottom. Um, and I don't think we're on the upside of that. I, I, if I had to say final standing, I'd say fifth. I'll put us at fourth. Okay. 
Fair enough. Coming off of MLS Cup, you know who's having a worse, way worse hangover than Portland. we are? Oh my God. <laughs> it's real bad. Yeah. Portland is yet to win a game. They've taken one point away from any game this season out of the six that they played. They're 0-5-1 right now. And uh, another loss. Another loss to Dallas. Um, our opponent coming up on Saturday. Any idea what to expect from this Dallas game? Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end up being ahead, but then they'll score two goals at the very end. And then the fireworks will go off. It'll but guess really cool. what? Miles Robinson gets to play from the beginning, so we don't have that substitution true. to make in the back. That's true. That's what that's what happened last year, right? <laughs> he's got some redemption on his mind. Oh, he does. Yeah, that's a good point. He's got a he's definitely got to uh got to redeem himself. This is a team that lost two of their best attacking weapons from last year. I've yet to watch them this year. So they lost Maxi Rudy, they lost uh, Roland Lamont, and I'm thinking uh Every every one of these predictions is just a wild card because I haven't had time to watch anybody else play. I'll say a uh, 2-1 loss. So Dallas is 4-2-1. and one. Uh, Just to give you an idea who they've played, who they've beaten this season. They drew against New England in the first game of the season. They beat LA Galaxy um, 2-0. They lost to Columbus, so that's a quality loss. Um, they beat Colorado. Yeah. They put four up against RSL, beat them 4-2, which is pretty solid. They lost uh, 2-1 to Philly, at Philly, not necessarily a bad uh, a bad beat. And that game against RSL was in Salt Lake City, where they won 4-2. And then they have a win uh, from this past weekend uh, against Portland. I mean, if you look at their losses, 2-1 away in Philly, 1-0 away in Columbus. I, this team apparently... 2-2 draw. Saying this game looks like they have quality. Um, two two draw. <laughs> two two draw. What are you thinking? No, no. I I think we we keep riding high. All right. I think we win another two nil, another three three nil game. I think right. we I think we keep a clean sheet. I really like the way the 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 defense played. On Saturday, even whenever Teal Bunbury came in, he kind of injected some life into the team. And we still, after, you know, one or two chances, we shut him down and we kind of kept them at bay the entire game. And I think, uh, Anton Nathan Lyons point, he's a new turf. That's true. But I think that just makes my point because I've heard that the turf is slower. The new turf makes the ball slower. That's what I heard. You heard it in Slack. Somebody said it, so I believe it. Oh, I, snoozed, I, I snoozed the Slack a couple times this weekend because I was recording games trying not to uh, trying not to get it spoiled. Yeah, from what I've heard, it's a new turf than what it, it's new turf, obviously overall, but it is a new turf manufacturer too. So it's completely different than the turf that they were playing on last year. Yeah. Um, hey, I like Nathan Line's point though. Recycle the old turf and make yes. some more shirts. Can we fucking get some more parlay kits? They have extra smalls and smalls. They still have both of those left. It's so bad. It was gone. I've had my notifications on forever, and they didn't even say they were on sale. They, no. like, did a tease. And then all of a sudden, sold out. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, fuck y'all. Um, That was awful. Uh, All sold out. Then I guess they did another, did they do another thing, like, show up at, 4 a.m. in the morning Saturday to get them at the team store or some shit. I don't know. I think it's up on DH Gate right now. So 
That'll be what I do this year, probably. It's on what? The DH gate or whatever. Get all your kits from Thailand. The the knockoff versions. Oh, I just go through eBay, whoever those people are. <laughs> now, DH gate's the, the source. I feel like, should we get some Rail Sociedad jerseys for our we should soccer in the st- or our, uh, station soccer team we should definitely do that really whatever tight. team has the most crazy asian characters on yeah. the front of it yeah we should definitely bright orange it. i'm excited about soccer in the streets man yeah we got we actually got a league going or station soccer station soccer yeah i guess they're same, same thing, thing but yeah um i don't know man thinking about saturday we're gonna be out there tailgating at some point yeah that's the hope um just talking to katie my neighborhood's having a Easter egg hunt that morning. So um, maybe out there a little later. On we'll a Saturday? See. Yeah. I don't know. What kind of secular bullshit is this? I don't know what's going on, dude. I'm going to do my best. I'm doing my oh, best, Tim. Heathens. Doing my best. Heathens. So, yeah, we'll try to be out there in some capacity. I think Joe asked about a meet and greet. Uh, one is due here soon. Uh, so we got to figure out something to do, do with they, that. Do they allow Arby's in the stadium yet? Or we do, do they have, have the Arby's meets. in the stadium? See, this is why I wish you had the, the preview for the scarf. We do have the meets, and it is on our scarf. <laughs> did you tweet it out? <laughs> no. Oh. I didn't want to tweet it out with it half full. I did get a, a good recommendation, which is uh, – Stars greater than shields. I like that. Oh, I like that too. Somebody submitted uh, H before D greater than MOTS, which we let that roll. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. Sorry, Eric. Uh, Ooh, I like Brian's hashtag Arby's for MBS. <laughs> we gotta get Arby's is based in Atlanta. How do they not have an Arby's inside yeah, of Mercedes Benz Stadium? Seriously, agreed. Agreed. This is garbage. This is garbage. But, yeah, so scarf, pre-sale, get them in before. We'll just say the cutoff is like 11 a.m. tomorrow, whatever that day is, April 13th. It's tomorrow the 13th, 14th, 15th. Tomorrow's the 16th. 16th. You are losing track of time, boy. (laughs) All right, just run down quick of MLS uh, outcomes from Saturday. Columbus lost 1-0 to Montreal. What? Um who uh, I'm guessing Piotti got on the score sheet for them? Nope. It definitely wasn't. Uh Houston beats San Jose. Big shocker there. Seattle beats Toronto. Uh Minnesota and NYCFC opened up Allianz Arena or Allianz Stadium um 3 3. Uh Dallas. The aforementioned Dallas Portland game 2 1 Dallas. DC 3 2 over Colorado. RSL beat Orlando. All, all, all is right in the world. LA Galaxy, or should I say Zlatan, beat Philly, 2-0. He had both of the goals. And then Carlos Vela and LAFC beating Cincinnati, 2-0. Definitely helping us out. Both of those games helping us out uh, to kind of climb the the rankings. And then last but not least, the game from last night where you had Sporting KC and New York Red Bull, or New York Red Bulls, playing, drawing 2-2. But obviously overshadowed by the antics. Yeah. Absolute immature, dangerous action. I don't think anybody's going to condone that. That <sighs> Luis Robles made a joke of it. I don't know. Did you see his quote? No. Something to the he said something to the effect of, and you guys can find the quote. I'm not that far off base. He's obviously remorseful about what happened, but 
that's what you pay for, or that's that's the risk you take whenever you pay for a front row seat or something like that. Oh, that's so stupid. Yeah, it's not the smartest thing to say, no. especially from a veteran in there. No. Yeah, it's a really idiotic thing of him uh, to say. Kaku, Jay Riddle got on his horse last night and was like, perma-ban, 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 get him out of this league, I don't want him in my league. What do you think is an appropriate action? Uh, somebody brought up, um, shit, I can't remember who it was, that only got a two or three game suspension for um, nailing another player with a dead ball situation like that in the face. Oh, I didn't know that happened. So and, recently? Um, I think it was a couple of years ago. Shit. Somebody remind me in the uh, in the trap, if you know what I'm talking about. Well, you automatically get a one-game suspension for a red card. Yes. So, I think anything short of, I think five games is probably reasonable. And a fine. Well, yeah. I, I think five. <laughs> Do you remember when you used to play ass? What? You don't remember playing ass at like soccer practice? No. It's like playing horse, but instead of like trick like trying to make the same shot, it was juggling. And if you got ASS, you had to go Kevin Gorm said put Keku in goal for butts up where his face is the bu- er, uh where his face is his butt. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you don't remember playing I remember Brian. Brian. Brian's calling it butts up. We used to call it ass in in high school in college. Anyway, you would get into the you goal. Did. <laughs> you were the only one playing that game. Too. Ma- Matthew, are you still watching? I remember you trying to touch my. <laughs> I remember you trying to get it. That's so, a lie. Everybody knows it's the other way around. <laughs> Ain't nobody buying that. <laughs> oh, I remember. Like whenever we go out on the fields, like face down, ass up. That's that's that game that we all did. I don't feel that one. It's like wall ball, you dumbass. Paul Wall. Play yeah. Paul. Oh, I know. Now we're chopping screwed. <laughs> People's champ. <laughs> we have to do another one of these shows tonight. Paul Wall. Yeah, you're right. Um, Midwestern thing. We went to school in South Carolina. Yeah. No, but you get you you miss. Oh, I remember the ball when you were getting ass. You're right. <laughs> you were getting so much ass, Tim. You were getting ass on the soccer team. You're right. I remember it's time you to end this. I remember you playing ass all the time in high school. <laughs> oh, you meant pulling ass. Remember when we would pull ass because we were on the soccer team. <laughs> We were pulling so much ass. <laughs> we should show people the picture, our soccer pictures from <laughs> junior and senior year of high school. Yeah, we definitely. Oh should. my god, Brittany S is wondering what's going on right now. I'd like to know the same thing. Uh, this is it's the witching hour. You don't remember, Brittany? You never played that game. <laughs> you never played that game in high school. I am glad people in the trap at least know what I'm talking about. Butts up is, I guess, what you call it. Oh, heads up, seven up. Heads up, seven up. That was the best one. All right, for real, though. Uh, Thanks for checking us out. We got the offside trap coming up in 15 minutes. Be sure to hit that bell icon if you subscribe. Smash that 
like button, uh, hit us up with a review or rating on iTunes to hear it read aloud on the show. Scarf pre-sales are still up until about noon tomorrow, right around there, but we got to get it out for production. We'll at least tweet out the final version. Uh, we have the meat here at Home Before Dark. <laughs> Just start co-opting that. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. We appreciate each and every one of as you. As we like to say on this show, ba da ba ba ba. As always, I'm loving it. As always, ba da ba ba ba. Be home before dark. <laughs>